0: This is 15 Minutes of Freedom. I'm your host, Ryan Idell, and today, my wife's in front of me.
1: It's Saturday. Hello, everyone. What's up, girl? How are you doing?
0: I'm straight today. What I'm are good. we
1: talking about today?
0: What's a I, clip- don't, it's a I don't know anything. I know. Go <laughs> figure. In this particular situation, Ryan, you, you hop in and don't really know what's coming up most of the time. Never. Last week's episode you did, you actually came up with the idea of the bathroom floor conversations, mid-bathroom floor. Yes, so it was beautiful.
1: Yeah, I just thought it was nice to share uh, something connective to do with your partner, like coffee enemas.
0: Uh, but with no question. Which then led me into our conversation today. In typical Ryan Lindsay fashion, I sat here beforehand, so did you. We asked Kurt if he had anything, he said no. And I realized we left out some things that will be massively beneficial for you as you're listening to from last week's episode. Right? I know you're still confused.
1: I'm still confused.
0: So there's a point in last week's episode. If you haven't listened, press pause, go back. At least listen the first seven to ten minutes. Right, Press a little if you're on Apple. Press a one and a half times speed. We talk a little slow, slowly on purpose. You kind of breeze through and get the gist of it. But we come up with a point in the conversation where we're talking about purpose and intentionality between Lindsay and I. And mm-hmm. what we want to do for a career. <clears throat> and I think they're – I don't even have to say a thing. I know – that there is a chance as you are listening, you could be on the precipice of what I'll call your own personal greatness. And that's an interesting place to reside because it's really, really uncomfortable. And I say that from a place of my own personal understanding. You see, I have shared so candidly, my life has been everything from, I used to say financial advisor, not really the case. I work for Western Southern Financial, which was a life and health insurance company that eventually, had I done enough things, I could have become a financial services broker, but I never got to that point because I hated it. <laughs> then I went from that into automotive sales, true just sales, no management. I was hired in as a salesperson. The bias you might have for that is so many people do, is it's like the lowest life form possible in sales. I never looked at it that way. <laughs> even that is though how a lot
1: of people view it.
0: Yeah, even though I might have conducted my life that way in many capacities, the occupation didn't feel that way to me. Eventually moved into automotive sales management, right? some finance, some general sales manager. Then pivoted again, got into, I'll call it internet marketing, we can call it web hosting. Called affiliate sales, Right, it's kind of this nebulous 14 headed beast that that time in life was. Then I got into merchant processing, high risk processing, how to process credit card payments online. Then I recalibrated again, jumped into custom clothing, bespoke handmade apparel that was all in the professional world. And then as I sit before you, I am now a coach. I am a life optimization coach. More specifically, it's my personal belief system. I am truly an elite fucking coach. I believe that with every ounce of who I am. And for the first time in my life, there's nothing else that pulls me in a different direction. Hmm. When I was selling clothing, there was always something else I was working on. Lindsay and I have shared the story at a whiteboard in the office. Mm -hmm. And custom clothing was always a column, but I would once a quarter sit down and itemize. Like, if all these things happened, just so, here's how much money would make.
1: That whiteboard used to drive me nuts.
0: Yeah, and it was super exciting the first time or two she saw it because there were these massive numbers. I was like, holy mackerel, we can make that much money? I've never seen that. Like, that's awesome. By like the fifth time, she's like, yeah, that's just not going (laughs) to happen. Like, (laughs) Like just shut up, Marty. That's cute, sweetheart. Just quit writing that down. (laughs) It's not going to work. Because there was always something that was not in alignment with where I wanted to ultimately go. So I go back in my own progression. Better part of, at this point, four years ago. You and I are in Venice Beach, California. One of the first times we've been there as a couple. It's you, me. Matt, our friend from here. Mm -hmm. a, A woman named Bree. Greg. Oh, yeah. Forget his.
1: Yeah. Uh, Was that three or four years ago? Somewhere like that. It had to be four
0: years ago at this point. We've been together five. Oh, geez. And we sit there. Greg, at that point, has been a coach, right? He's focusing specifically on men, something that feels like Wake Up Warrior. At the time, I didn't know anything about Wake Up Warrior. I didn't know he'd been through that. Didn't care. He's coming on the backside of that evolutional season in his life and is saying, I just don't want to do this anymore. Mm -hmm. It didn't feel in alignment to him. And I'm with my buddy, Matt, who at that point I'm saying, man, we, we could just take this over and we could do it together. And Greg's willing to consider that, right? He's not going to do anything with it. He's built this intellectual property. He's done all these things. He's like, man, that'd be great. I'll send you the hard drive. You can watch what I do and design it yourself. Even at that point in my life, as I was starting it on the personal development path, me, like, consuming.
1: That was the weekend we bought the Muse. It
0: was. Because Greg had the first one. I never used one before. Yep. We used it it
1: at the house and we were both like, this is awesome. And we ordered it like that day. Yep. Yep.
0: Greg had shared with me what he had done, what he had built, why he didn't want to continue. Offered us the chance to take it over. I bring Matt into the conversation because I am lying to myself saying I don't want to be in the front. Like, just completely lying. Like, Matt, like I'll just do all the marketing and all the stuff behind the scenes. You be the guy in the front, and I'll just kind of do the stuff.
1: See, and I, when you said that to me, I was like, that's silly. You need to be in the front because that's just who you are. But I always saw that in you before you did.
0: 100% true. At that point, I was so petrified and was running from who I really was, there was no way for me to conceptualize being in the front. Right, I was afraid that if I was in the front, you would find out that I had been broke. Right, You would find out that I had lied and been unfaithful. You would find out all the stuff that you now know from my mouth to your ears. And so the story I told myself in that moment was I can't actually be the person I want to be. I need someone else to be that person and I can live vicariously through them by being associated. I map out the event. I still have binders, right? I shared this after our event that I had here that was just my event that I actually had written down and mapped out all the things. I mean – I know that you don't listen to every episode. Lord knows you're my wife. You know what goes on. You don't need mm-hmm. to. But it was going to be go out to Elite FTS in London. It was going to be mm-hmm. stop at the graveyard in the way all home. It. Yep. it was going to be all these things. Like I had this stuff mapped out. And I saw that. It's like, man, this is wild. Fast forward three years, and this is life. Like, I didn't need Matt. And not that Matt is inherently... Bad or anything to do with bad, it was the fact that I finally stepped up and owned who I wanted to be, and then I put in consistent work all the way around it to grow that version of myself.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm not the same version of a coach as I was 12 months ago, or six months ago, or 18 months ago, because I don't believe coaching and the practice of what I do is a linear equation. I believe is exponential. I share all this to set up a framework that. As Lindsay and I are sitting at the table, now two Sundays ago, we're having a conversation about production. And do not feel like for one moment in your life, you are the only one that sits back sometimes and says, man, how am I ever going to pull all this stuff off? Because as I look at our life, yesterday was just one of those days where everything felt heavy. There was no reason for it. There was no triggering event. There was, there was no anything. But it just kept weighing and weighing and weighing. It's like, okay, we have X number of clients. We have X number of dollars coming in. We have these plans for our future with a little bit of land, building a small house, and we have travel and we have these things we want to do. Man, what what happens if the wheels fall off the bus? What happens if you stop listening? What happens if I say something and you decide you'd never want to work with me or hear from me again? What happens if I can't get another client? What happens if all the money goes away? And every conversation of lack and fear that I've ever had with any client or myself in my own head is rushing in like a tidal wave that I just can't seem to f- seek shelter from.
1: And I instantly knew it because he was, as we say, grumpopotamus, and he was short, and he was silent, and I was like, what is wrong with you? Your energy is
0: funky. And it was. Like, I, I own that. And so Gianna leaves. because She goes to her father's on Sunday nights. And so we sit down, and I'm sharing these talking points with Lindsay. Again, there's no logical reason for it, right? We go facts, feelings, focus, fruit. I'm in my feelings right now. The facts of life are wonderful. The feelings that I have are, oh shit, we're going to crash. No. That is coming on the side of deploying a strategy that has us leveraging relationships inside of YouTube, building out and expanding an, or a LinkedIn you know, group and profile, helping share tremendous additional value, way more than just this podcast across every possible platform. All that takes of financial investment.
1: Yeah, and the growth part of that is uncomfortable.
0: Massively uncomfortable. Like, I don't like it. Because there's a chance as I grow that I fail. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And in those moments, I'm letting my past failures, the last time I went out this far on a limb, dictate my future successes. The same thing I encourage you not to do, but in that moment, I'm doing it. Like, my hand is held high right now, I get it. I'm sharing all this with, with Lindsay to let her know why I'm quiet, and then to also talk about what she wants to do that sets her soul on fire. Because I know what does me. right? Like It's this. It's coaching like, like I set up. I'm not distracted by anything else. If, if you were to call me and say, I got this fun, phenomenal, phenomenal idea. I've got this investment opportunity. I just need you to help me run this thing or set up this thing or market this product. Or I would have to say no. Right, I fully realize at this point in my life my soul's purpose on this planet is to make sure others feel love and others feel heard, and through that, that I feel love and I feel heard. Hence why I record a podcast every day. Mm-hmm. So if things don't align with that, it inherently is an automatic hell no. Right? Yes, life to me is a hell yes or hell no. That is an instant hell no. But everything trickles back into coaching. And it becomes difficult for me because I don't want to impress my will upon my wife. Like I can be strong and domineering and not that she would ever do anything that you wouldn't do anything you don't want to do.
1: Never have, never will.
0: But we have, you have these incredible skill sets with like these beautiful gifts that I could never have. Right? I see a human being or an animal that's cut open with blood coming out and <laughs> organs and disease and broken bones. And my stomach does flip flops, right? Like I'm in a really bad place. It is not. It's not only not my zone of genius. It's not only not my zone of comfort. It's my zone of stay away from, right? I gotta. Yeah. I gotta.
1: You're completely adverse to and all that
0: stuff. Oh, it's atrocious. <clears throat> but it's something that you have a natural talent and aptitude for, as well as a tremendous amount of joy that you have found in your life up to a certain point in creating that. Mm-hmm. And I know that on one side right? I fully know that. I know there's a part of you, a really incredible part that the whole physiology of who you are changes when you're around horses. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it. Like being at a barn and touching horses and cleaning out their hooves and there's all type of stuff that goes on with horses. I had no <laughs> idea it existed. Did you know if you have a male horse, you got to clean out its penis sheath. You got to yes. like pull some skin back and clean it out and
1: it's totally normal in the horse world. Like I, I, I waited. Till we were at the show this last time, and I cleaned his sheath because it's chilly right now. Well, it's it's nice today, but at the time of the show, about a month ago, it was cold outside, and I thought he would be much better suited to have a warm environment because it was an indoor show with warm water to clean his sheath. And people pass by, and it's just normal, you know. It's just, it's just part of, part of it. Yes.
0: Yeah, I mean, I had no idea. Right, <clears throat> like I didn't know you clean your horse's penis. I thought it just like. It just got clean like with soap and water, but you got to pull stuff back <laughs> no, yeah. and get in there and like. That's
1: not way That's not his actual penis. His penis is up inside the sheath, and the sheath part is what gets all dirty. And you do have to pull the penis out, and you have to run your finger around the tip of it to get out what's called the bean. Yeah. <laughs>
0: so you're, you're, fl- <laughs> you're flicking his bean, man. This is this is incredible. <laughs> this this is conversation is taking a whole left turn. I didn't know it was coming. Wow. Truly. But like, there's a jo- an enjoyment that comes from that. You've had successes, in my opinion, with Rodan and Fields, right? the multi-level marketing, network marketing, whatever you want to call it, and you've had successes in coaching. Mm-hmm. And you offer support for me here inside of the Life Optimization Group. Mm-hmm. It's like, all right, if I, if I look at this objectively, not from the lens of your husband, but if we were in a coaching setting together, I would say at some point from my own perception of reality, you got to figure out one thing to go all in on. Right? Like it's very tough to serve two masters. Even though those two masters are coaching and helping me grow my coaching business. That's really difficult. Sure. And so we sit across the table from each other, and, and we have this very candid conversation. In my opinion, free from any sort of emotional triggering biases. Right. It's just when
1: nobody got upset. We don't. We don't argue and yell and fight that way. We just talk.
0: Yeah, and, and to me there was, no, there was nothing in there to argue and yell and no. d- go down a negative path with. No, It's just like, here, here's all my fears. Here's where I'm at. I realize as I say this out loud that there's no actual evidence that any of this stuff will ever happen other than if I look back like three and a half or four years. I'm still petrified right now. By the way, what do you want to do with the rest of your life? It's really about how it comes out. Mm -hmm. And you're super quiet right now.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I, first of all, we came into this not having any idea what – I came into this not having any idea what we're going to talk about. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I don't – I mean, I I didn't have anything – not that we ever prepare, but I didn't even have a thought pattern. So I'm just kind of hearing as everybody else is hearing live time on what's going on. And so now you're asking me to respond. I just have to take a moment to think. Yes, I I have I am a multifaceted person as far as things that I like to do. I believe I said this in last week's episode. I never wanted to mix veterinary medicine with my horse stuff because it rips the joy from it, right? When you have to associate something that you love to do with ridiculous long hours, underpaid, overworked, on-call, lack of sleep, especially with farm calls, I'm out. Like That just is not joyous for me. Um, I spent quite quite a few years in veterinary medicine, right? 15. Um, It was something that I am extremely freaking good at. I am an exceptional critical care nurse. That's just how it goes. Um, I've run teams of people and hospital departments and all kinds of stuff and I can flow there. What I don't like is the vast amount of experience and education you have to have with the extremely little bit of pay you receive with the extremely long work hours, right? You go in there, you think you're doing an eight-hour shift. It turns into 14 very quickly. And then when you, by the time you get home, you're turned around and called right back in for something. The days of doing that at 37 years old are over, especially for the lack of appreciation you find for nurses in veterinary medicine and the lack of pay. If they paid me like a human nurse, right, if I made $120,000 a year to be a critical care nurse or a trauma nurse as they pay human nurses, fuck that, I'm all in. But you cannot pay somebody $35,000 a year, overwork them, underappreciate them, and expect them to stay. Veterinary medical nurses have one of the highest turnover rates, especially in specialty medicine, because... Our skill set is so high, and we are expected to do so much, right? When you go into a human hospital, you have radiology nurses. Then you have phlebotomists that just draw blood. You have people that just put catheters in. You have people that just dispense medicine. You have people that just administer administer medicine. You have people that do titrates for IVs. You have people that change bedding. and Veterinary nurses, we have to do all of that. We read all the labs. We do all the x-rays. We do all of the... Bandage changes. We do all of the wound dressing. That's just basic stuff. That's not the tubes, the central lines, the catheters, all of it. All of it. It's an insane amount of work. And so for me, I was burnt. I was burnt out. I had reached the cap on anything I was ever going to do or make without completely leaving veterinary medicine, right? I could go to the admin side of it to make a little bit more money, but then I lose the medicine part so why wouldn't I just go work for somebody else's and and do a lesser skill set for more money it's insane so I will never go back to that love it it's awesome it's a passion of mine sure I would love to pick up shifts here and there I'd love to volunteer in practices and help and, and do that kind of stuff I'm all in because I have a, I have a gift there but I refuse to work that hard for that little money ever again Especially for somebody else,
0: and I love that, right? I also need to make sure I say this the direct way it came out of my mouth. I don't care what my wife, what you want to do. Yeah, I truly, honestly, with every ounce of my being, I don't care. Yeah, what I want to make sure to do is figure out what makes you happy, and help you do that all the way in, like. Not a little bit here or there, not occasionally, but like do it at the level that you want to do it at.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If you want to be a stay-at-home mom, like just hang out with G. It's
1: not really my vibe. If if Gianna was two, yeah, right. I didn't go back to work full time until she was almost five. Whenever I met you, I had worked two days a week while she was in preschool. That to me was fulfilling because, me personally, I believe that she was going to be better raised by me than someone else. I believe that I needed to be present for her because I am her mother and I was the best one to take care of her. I was very fortunate that I was in the position to not ever have to worry about working or producing or doing anything else and I could stay home and take care of my daughter. I was very fortunate for that. I know not a lot of people get that. So yes, if Gianna were two right now, I would have the same mindset because... I believe that children need their mother, mother, right? Um, And again, that's my personal opinion. I don't have anything against working mothers. I was a working mom. As soon as she got old enough to walk and talk and spend a few days learning and being disciplined by somebody else, I thought that was very helpful for her too, but it wasn't full-time, right? So um, now that she's nine, I not only love the coaching aspect of my life right now, right? I love the clients. I love the time. I love seeing people improve. I love having that shift for them come and getting the emails and the text messages and the phone calls saying oh my gosh this has changed my life this is amazing it makes me feel really good to see that change for them has nothing to do with me internally right like I've helped sure we've we've un- we've put in the work we've done the stuff but just as much with your clients as with mine you can tell them and show them and teach them but unless they apply it for themselves it doesn't matter, right? It's the commitment you spoke of last week's episode. You have to make the commitment of your to yourself to make that change. You can get hopped up on any kind of Kool-Aid you want, but unless you put it into action, that Kool-Aid high is going to wear off pretty quickly. So I enjoy seeing people through that process. This part of my life also allows me to still be present fully as a mother. I, you know, Gianna is in aftercare, which I never wanted her to be in, but schedules is just schedules, right? She's not there very long. I'm pretty much there to get her within a half an hour after school is leaving, and I'm able to take her to all of her activities and her extracurriculars and play dates and groups and camps or whatever else she might need. I had a mother that was present for all of those things and was home after school when we were home. And I want the same thing for my daughter. I don't want her to be with a sitter until 6.30 or 7 o'clock. That's just my personal preference. So not only do I find it extremely rewarding to coach people and help them and watch them grow, but then I also get that caveat of I can still be a fully present mother and Gianna is given the best part of me that I can give her.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. Like I said, so much of this conversation that I want to make sure that we figure out how to frame this, that as you're listening, you get it. It started with me feeling lack and nervous. It then spun into my production. It then spun into how can I make sure that Lindsay's producing and feels good about what she's doing. Because if I go back in my life, like selling cars, I love selling cars. Mm -hmm. I love it so much. Like I would sit in front of you right now and say like, we should go sell cars. (laughs) And I would mean it. Like, it's not my let style. It, let us yeah. go. I would try to convince you. <laughs> I learned more in that period of my life about sales and salesmanship and the right and wrong way to do things and how to sh- just structure negotiations. I think if you were in sales, you should almost be required to spend two to three years in an automotive dealership having to prove out you can become a lead at that. Because
1: Yeah, that craft is major. I'm, I'm super impressed every time I see you do that.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a different skill set. But I share that because I know I have tons of bias. So that's where it gets tough from where I sit is I have you that has a multitude of different facets of genius. Mm -hmm. I believe we all do. Like, okay, I'm good at sales. Okay, I'm pretty good at numbers. I'm elite at coaching. I can go all these different paths, but it's taken me like literally trying all these different paths to realize, no, no, no. Like I am on the path. Like not the temporary path, not a little bit of a path. But I want to make sure that it's so easy for me to get hyped up and be like, no, 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 no. You should keep <laughs> coaching people. Like, you should go get more clients. You should go do yeah. this because I find such enjoyment out of it that it's, it's tough because I know that about myself.
1: Yeah, but, you know, it's the same – in all honesty, to be very bold with you, this shit irritates me to no end because we continue to have the same conversation just on your end. It has nothing to do with me. It's your constant insecurity that you're pushing me to do something that I don't want to do, and you're not listening to me when I tell you this is exactly what I want to do. And you should know me well enough after five years to know that if I say I don't want to do something, I won't fucking do it. It would be no different than if you were across from me right now and say, honey, I'm going to buy a car lot. I would really like you to. Work there and sell cars. I would look at you and say, There is no fucking way I'm ever doing that. There's nothing about me that likes cars. I will drive one. I like a nice one, but I am not selling them. It's not who I am. I have no interest. No, thank you. You would no way, no how push me into doing that. I don't want to. And so it's no different than this keeps coming up constantly of you thinking that you're pushing me to do something. No, it happened that you led the path a little first, and then I discovered that this is pretty fucking cool, and it's amazing, and I can learn so much about myself, which then in turn allowed me to lead and help other people.
0: Keep, keep going.
1: No, oh, that's, I mean, that's what it is.
0: I love the fact, so this, this is going to be real time, right? This is going to get spicy. I already know where it's going to come. <laughs> we will make up by the end of this. I hope if not, I'll we'll figure out how to make up tonight. <laughs> so I hear all that and I receive all that you're sharing with me. What I also hear is, as my wife, when I said I need help inside of this company right now because there's roles and responsibilities and things that we need to fill, that we currently don't have enough manpower to get all the things done, you said I will help. Yeah. Now I know enough about you to know that a supporting role doesn't actually serve who you are.
1: I am not a supporting role person. We've talked about this before. I am a lead from the front person. I have never been a follower in my life. I have always been the top, the best, the leader, the front, the go-to.
0: But you pitch in and you say you're going to help. Yep. And in saying you're going to help, I realize that it is a half-pregnant help, which is okay, but it's a truthful half-pregnant help. That's truthful, yeah. And we had to come to that determination yesterday of hey look, I need a project manager. I need somebody else. Like everybody is pretty much outside their max capacity, and we're still not getting things done because we don't have that pivotal person to help do the extra stuff because there is just too much stuff.
1: Yep, we have a lot of stuff.
0: The, everybody is taxed. And so I have the twenty, twenty four, whatever our original back and forth agreement was of Lindsay's going to work twenty four hours doing this for the company. It was our original conversation. We mapped out every variable of the week. We sat down. I had this whole plan. The number of times that has actually happened in the past eight weeks is less than one. It has not happened the full twenty-four hours in the way that we discussed it.
1: Right, not right, not. I'm not here in the office now. A caveat to that is we're we're moving out of this office, and I don't know if I've said this before on the on the podcast. This office is not convenient for our house. I think you've probably talked about that. It's about forty minutes from our house, um, and it is. 40 minutes without traffic so when I have to leave here to go and pick up Gianna and it's right in that school traffic time of four o'clock it takes me over the 40 minutes to get home Um, and it's it's inconvenient our office is not really uh, equipped for Normal stuff as far as like, I went down to use the restroom, which doesn't have running water and there was no toilet paper in there today. So those kind of things are are irritating after a year. And so not only is it inconvenient, then it's not, I don't have any normal creature comfort because me as a woman, I think I'm only the, there's only two women that work in this whole building. I need toilet paper every time I use the restroom <laughs> and there's
0: normally toilet paper there like this is this is like there's a bunch of empty toilet paper rolls sitting there yeah. not even defending it like
1: <laughs> it's just stuff I'm you know
0: I'm gonna just clap back like screw it we're gonna go down this path we're gonna go all the way down the path you don't show up and do this stuff because you don't fucking want to
1: no I don't I don't like easy. to be like, at the office well, the, I don't want to do that you yeah.
0: don't want to do this role. you want to coach and lead It makes it so easy. We had to have the conversation where we butted heads yesterday and we're butting heads again yet today that I'm setting up the framework that as you're listening to understand there's going to be tough conversations to have with people you care in your life, to not push them into a corner because you as my wife, I can say I am scared shitless that we're going to run out. I need you to help create inside the business. I need you not to worry about coaching and you would suck it up and do that. And I would say, no, no, you have to do that. But there would be such a huge misalignment that you wouldn't be able to do it to the maximum capacity you're capable of. Correct. Because you wouldn't be living who you want to be. Correct. And so me sharing back and forth of not wanting to push you, you being who you want to be is all that I care about. But there was a time over the past six months where you've been trying to pitch in. You've been doing an above decent job, not an excellent job. Because it's not important to you in the same capacity because you want to grow your own coaching business, but I'm not helping create the containers to allow you to do that. Right. I'm asking for help in an area that you don't organically want to operate in. So then every excuse becomes possible about why not to come to the office, why not to do this stuff? Why not like and I get it. They're all valid. None of those are invalid excuses. But like for me, when last year at this time, for whatever the damn reason, we couldn't figure out how to get our heater to work. Right. Our furnace just did not work.
1: Oh, yeah, I moved in. Yeah.
0: It made way more sense for me to say, hey, guys, we have a home office. We have space. Let's just work from anywhere that's not this 42-degree icebox. It was very cool. But yet, I still drove 40 minutes to come sit in the 40-degree icebox because this is my shit. Right. This does fire me up. This like, I don't care. I will stay later. I will work harder because I love everything. Every minute of this, Mm -hmm. all I wanted you to do and all I want you to do is have that same fire and passion for whatever the hell it is you want to do and then live that way all the time. Yep. And asking you to do shit inside the office, administrative stuff, send out emails, follow up, book podcasts, guests, do that stuff, is not that.
1: No, I'm not a, a secretarial role at all. It doesn't fit me.
0: And so you might get frustrated about me tiptoeing and tap dancing around and saying, "Well," but let's be real. In the past four months, you said, "Well, maybe I'll just go back to do vet med. I miss it," under the influence of your mother and your family, and considering it because you like it. And when you were going back and forth all the time, when Zeus had cancer and you were in your old environment, there was parts of you that missed that every time you came home.
1: Oh, sure. And I just stated earlier, like it's, it's. I freaking love it, but I will never go back to it because. The hours are atrocious and the pay is atrocious.
0: And I love all that. But when the words that come out of your mouth are, I'm considering about going back to that environment, all I have to go off of are the words that come out of your mouth.
1: Sure. But we've had that conversation multitude of times, especially when I quit on why I was quitting.
0: Absolutely. But now we have clarity, right? We have a conflict conversation that I have to share my insecurities, which I own. I don't claim to be perfect on the side of the table. No, yeah. I'm still being coached. I'm still being mentored. I'm still working through things. There are times where I literally feel like the world is caving in. Like I'm going to wake up one day and everything is going to be gone.
1: Yeah. Everybody feels that way. I certainly do.
0: But I fight through it. And then with you, sure, I look at the facts of you not really excelling as I have seen you excel in everything else, Right? You've excelled as a nurse, to me you excelled in Rodan and Fields, and you have excelled as a coach. Mm -hmm. The thing you have not excelled at is the personal person, right? the project manager, the admin role. You haven't excelled at that.
1: Yeah, it's not my thing.
0: Cool. You're admitting it now.
1: I've always admitted it, but I, I will always support and help because at the point that I started this at the beginning of the year, it was not a point where we wanted to shell out the money to pay somebody else to do it, right? We, I, I said, all right, I, I, will f- I will fill that in.
0: And in that exact sentence, I sat down and said, hey, look, it seems like we might be saving money, but there's an opportunity cost for your time and there's an opportunity cost for someone else that gets just as fired up about being that person as you do about coaching, that if we find that person, they'll produce four times what you could produce. Because they love it. Because they love it. You're like, I know, but we can't, like, we should just wait. I'm like, cool, but we need to make sure that's on the back burner, slowly coming to fruition because that's important because that zone of genius, like it becomes our responsibility or my responsibility to make sure the person that has that skill set it's allowed to flourish here. Mm-hmm. And we didn't get there. And so as we talk about coaching, right? we put all the cards on the table. Let's do it. We look at coaching. You're going to sneeze. You probably should cover your mouth. Nice and Sorry. quiet. That's impressive. <laughs> I can't sneeze like that. I don't get that.
1: I'll probably sneeze again.
0: But if you were to go to my social media handle, listen to this podcast, any way you communicate with me, you see very clearly that there is something going on that I want to help you become a better person.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Pinch your nose, slap yourself in the face, what you got to do over there?
1: I don't know, just keep talking because I'm trying to keep it in. I'm one of those people, if I sneeze once, I sneeze like four times.
0: And so, the fact of you going to college, doing continuing education, being so gifted in nursing right like you ran down a path you found success you were scared to death the first day right you shared all those stories with me oh yeah but you've consistently like it's it's just work that way and here we are in the coaching world where you certainly have clients you've certainly experienced success but it's a different thing like jumping all the way out off the cliff with like there's there's nothing behind it right right like and so when I look at the facts of like, how often are you trying to get clients? How, what are you sharing with the world? What are you doing to bring that along? There's this back and forth of like, do I go all the way in? Do I share it consistently? Do I share it sporadically? Do I ask people to like, there's this thing, which is allowing me or having me sit back and looking like, what do you want to do? Because mm-hmm. I don't care what you want to do. I just want you to do what you want to do. And I want you to do it all the way. And then I want to coach, I want to coach, I want to coach. That is what I want to do. Cool. Then being a project manager makes no sense. Let's get that off your plate. Let's get off your plate as soon as humanly possible to allow the time and space to just coach. Great, now that that's gone, then we would also have to start sharing with people all the time, hey, I like helping people, I want to help you. Yes. Which had not happened. Which is why a man specifically, just us men, I'm looking at you directly, if you're a man, or you're watching this on social media, this is for you, I am very dense. I'm even slightly obtuse. If you don't hit me over the head with something that is so apparently black and white, the odds of me getting it are slim. And so when I asked, what did you want to do, and I look at the facts as though I see them, I was confused. And so I asked you repeatedly Mm -hmm. without making you feel like I was pushing you into a corner or suggesting you should do one thing more than another, what do you want to do? Right. And you said, I love coaching. You can't make me do something. You've never been able to make me do something, nor have I tried to make you do something. I'm a coach. That's right. And I said, that's awesome. I want you to share that shit from the rooftop. <laughs> <laughs> I want everybody to know it. More so than just you as you're listening. I want everybody forever to know it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And what was your response?
1: What did I tell you? I feel like I told you, like, I, I feel like that's very salesy and I'm not a salesperson. 100%. Is that what I told you? That
0: is exactly what you told me. <laughs> and here is my exact rebuttal to that.
1: Oh, yes, yes, yes. And this was a good point because, I mean, I've... i Coming from a medical background, I have no sales experience. I don't like to sell. I don't. I'm one of those people like if I go in to buy something, I will buy it. You're not going to talk me into buying it. If I go in there just to look, you're not going to talk me into buying something. You can't sell me on shit. It's just not who I am. So then in turn, I don't like to be that salesperson. However, my husband came up with a very genius response to that. And that was.
0: Take notice, friends. Did you just hear my wife's voice inflection change? She's no longer quite as grumpy as she was just a mere nine minutes ago. Because now I'm back in my genius zone. She's (laughs) slightly excited by it because I know her very well. What I said to her last night and what I would encourage you to consider is this. If you have consumed this show, if you have followed me on social media, If you have spent your time, energy, and effort to email me, to direct message me, or to eventually end up in a conversation with me, then it is my sole responsibility to get you to jump. And what I mean by jump is there's a part of you that knows getting onto the phone call with me, we're going to have a conversation about money. You don't think this is free. You know my standpoint on free things. There's no question behind this. There's going to be an investment that's required. The investment's your energy, which is capital. The investment's your time, which is also a form of capital. The investment is money, which is a form of capital and energy. It becomes my responsibility because I love what I do so much that I realize the version of you that gets on the phone is scared to death to make the jump to be the person you actually want to be. You are trapped being the person you think you have to be, not the person you want to be. And there's an old version of you that when we discuss price, investment, time, commitments, all these things, you are going to be scared to death. To pull out your credit card and read those numbers off or pay a link while I'm on the phone, you are like, oh my God, I don't have this money. I can't invest in this. Every story you've ever told yourself will come to fruition. It doesn't matter if that's a $20 micro-commitment for a 10-day training or a $100,000 commitment for a year of training. It doesn't matter what the number is. There's a part of you that questions with every fiber of your being, should I do this? What makes this guy qualified? What makes me deserving? Am I actually going to follow through with it? Nothing's worked before. The stories are endless. I get it. Because every time I pulled out my credit card, our credit card, Mm -hmm. I tell my wife, I'm investing in this. For a long time, she said, you're doing what? For how much? No. Uh Uh-uh. Wait, wait, time out. We, we, uh uh-uh. I said, no, no. Trust me. I I know I need to do this. I'm scared shitless. Like, we shouldn't do this, but I know we need to. But, and then I jumped. And every jump was scary as shit. Every investment was like, I don't know how we're going to pull this off. Mm -hmm. We only have X number of dollars, and I want to take half of it and invest in a course for 12 weeks. What do you think? Yeah. Uh, No. (laughs) But what has happened every time is that I progress my skill set and once I get past the sense of being nervous, it forces me to go all in on my commitment, which forces my expansion, which forces a better and different version of myself. And so from that place, when you hop on the phone with me, it is my right it is my obligation to get you to move from where you're at to consider the possibility of jumping into where you want to be. I have to sell you,
1: which I hadn't looked at that way until you said that. Because the people that I get on the phone with, the people that reach out to me, the people that email, the people that, you know, what can you do? How can you help me? I know I need this. I need that. I didn't think of it in that framework, right? That they've taken the time and the energy to reach out to me, to get on the phone with me, and then then start coaching with me. But it was for the people that were scared or hesitant that I didn't push enough when I should have because they got on the phone for a reason. They need that push. They need somebody to push them or they wouldn't be speaking with me to begin with, right? And I'm a pushy person as it is. I just never wanted to be salesy because I hate to be sold. But it's not salesy when you're trying to get them to come into their greatness, and allow that
0: opening of the door absolutely if you ever decide to hop on a phone call with me i'm not going to sell you into anything no yeah i'm gonna talk about exactly where you're at i'm gonna talk about exactly where you want to get to i'm going to talk about if i can do what you are asking me to do if the answer is yes i expect you to make a decision is it hell yes or is it hell no yep that's it i can appreciate if the time's not right now i just want you to justify to me why the time isn't right now
1: because there's been so many other times for you that it hasn't been right now, which is exactly why you're still in the same spot.
0: Which ends up being when are you going to give yourself permission to finally succeed, which is why you're on the phone with me, because you're seeking the permission. Like, none of us have enough money. Like, it's wild. There's a handful of people. Like, it, the reason we don't say yes to something is always one of three things, right? 100% of the time. You don't believe in the product. You don't believe in the person. Or you don't believe in the money. Mm-hmm. My track record shows that I am very, very good at this. I can send you endless numbers of testimonials from endless numbers of people, from endless numbers of walks of life and countries and continents. I know I'm good at this. If you don't like me, you shouldn't have called me to start with. I have to assume (laughs) you like me. It's a safe assumption, or at least tolerate me. The last part is the money. So all we have to do is figure out a way to fit it into your budget, whatever that budget is, over what period of time, and what level of investment you feel comfortable with, and then I backfill in a product or service or my own time, which is the one variable that you can't ultimately buy, to make it work, to get you from where you're at to where you want to go. Which when I share that with you, it's like there's this light bulb that goes off. Because I don't look at that as selling. I'm not, act, I'm not like going out to someone in downtown Columbus, right. pulling them into a coffee shop saying, hey, I got this great opportunity for you. I got this thing. I got, some, I got, I got this thing I got to show you. And,
1: and that just instantly makes an eye roll for me. I hate that stuff.
0: Like, that's not what this is. And that's not what it will ever be. Even as I start deploying marketing strategies inside of YouTube, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, name somewhere
1: right? It's because the message has to get out to the masses because there are so many people who are stuck and stagnant. I was literally having this conversation yesterday at brunch about somebody that I've known for a very long time. And this person is exactly the same human being as when I met them 15 years ago. It's sad. They have not evolved as a human in their thinking, in their processing, in their emotional state, nothing and they are stuck and they continue to view the world in the same crap patterns that they've viewed it in for 15 years and it and now extends into things of my life and others that I love where it's just like man you got to cut out the cancer here I can't help I can't help you if you don't want to help yourself
0: so we start to reframe then not only your belief in sales but also the fact that no different than I had to. We have to fail our way into success. You have to try to put out some stuff and be like, man, I'm going to get judged for this. And not that you even care about judgment. No, it's I don't just, care about
1: judgment. It's yeah. just a
0: pattern interrupt. You put some stuff out and you're like, I'm coaching people. And it's out there consistently. Mm-hmm. And you have these people that have known you for 12, 15, 25 years and they're like, wait, 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 time out. You're doing what? Yeah. You're doing it how? Because you've created – a social contract with them that you show up as a certain person and, and without them quote unquote approving it, and not that we need approval, but that's what happens in their mind like, whoa, 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 I don't know this version. Yep. Where did this version come from?
1: Well, and I put something out last week about getting pushback from people in my life from trying to make them or have them try to make me fit into their box, right? the The, the version of the box that they see me in, if I start to break down that box, build different rooms I want a box with a view I want a box that's bigger I don't want a fucking box at all that they're looking at me like wait a minute no no no. this is your box go go ahead and sit back down in your box that doesn't work for me right and it it shouldn't work for you either if somebody's trying to fit you in a box and asking you why are you this why are you that and giving you all the questions in the world about why you're trying to better yourself it just comes up from a place of internal insecurity with themselves, right? Whatever you say is going through whatever filter of shit they're going through in their life. So it's not actually going to hit them from your mouth to their ears. It goes through their own filter first. And if their filter is filled with insecurities and doubt about themselves, then whatever you're doing to improve yourself and better your life is going to be hit with negativity because they don't get it. They're not capable. They're not open. They're not progressing they're not in alignment they're not within purpose I I hear that from so many clients but then I get it in my own life too right as I I get pushback from people that are closest to me because I no longer fit in their box right they want to label me fucking on my left lapel Lindsay veterinary nurse 15 years went to school for this mom of one married two but when that statistic sheet starts to change they're like wait 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 wait, why would you give up a career in a you know. And education and all kinds of other stuff. Hours and time and experience. For coaching. Well. Because my life shifted. Because I found help and progression. And things that I would like to then share with the world. And I know that I can help them. Because I've proven it now.
0: With no question. There's also the side I want to touch on. Before we wrap up. There's fear on that side. Oh yeah. Right like. The fear of failure, the fear of rejection doesn't just come from our family and it doesn't come, like, we're not impervious to that, right? There's this thought that I brought up to you yesterday. You start to post, you start to share, you start to launch your podcast, you start to do all these things. Eventually, say, hey, by the way, I have a a couple spots for some more clients. Mm -hmm. And no one raises their hand. And you're like, wait, 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 why why did nobody, like, I don't get it. Like, does that mean I'm, what, what does that mean?
1: Right. Everybody has that, right? Everybody has that fear that they're going to put something out there and it's going to be met with crickets.
0: And then you do it again and it's met with crickets. And then you do it a third time and one person raises their hand and then they are timid and they can't jump in and you're like, I can't do this. Nobody cares. And that's, that's that thing, like where in most people's lives, when you take the quote-unquote safe route, right, you go to college, you get the degree, you come out, you find a job, you progress through the job, right? Sure, you might feel that as you're going on interviews, but once you land a job, you're kind of like set, right? You've kind of, as long as you don't mess up horribly, admittedly, right, or there's corporate downsizing, things above your control, as long as you're pushing pretty hard, you're pretty much set. When you go out on your own, you're always in this thing of like, I'm not going to be able to produce Mm
1: -hmm.
0: people. It's going to be crickets. People aren't going to listen.
1: And that's been a big mindset change for me because I have never been in the entrepreneurial space until I met you. Mm
0: -hmm. Which is the big thing from, to me, our conversation was that thing of, look, I might not be able to drum up the additional eight clients I can take on right now. Like, because I'm going to free up the time from being, you know, project manager, I really do have time for six to eight more clients. Mm-hmm. That's not going to happen instantaneously. And I said, well, time out. Yeah, that's we?
1: what I said to you, right? Yeah, okay. I, said, yeah, well, if, time I if I step back from the role of project manager, I can take on more clients than at that point. And then what happens if uh, they just don't show up?
0: And I said, well, we would have no way to know that because we haven't <laughs> tried that yet. So you're the same doubt that I have that magically the wheels are going to fall off the bus one day and we're going eating ramen noodles in our front yard. It's literally the same thing that you're feeling in the moment of like, well, what if I can't get? There's no facts behind that. There's just the thought of like, false man, that,
1: evidence appearing real. People that could happen. Yep.
0: And so that was the segue conversation that led us into our coffee enemas together. <laughs> <laughs> it was just that. But it, I we I had to share that right. No, Even that's today, fine. it gets you spicy, it gets you feisty about like the madness of. Not wanting to push you into a box or whatever the hell that I said. My friends, as you're listening right now, you see what I deal with. (laughs) You see the wife that sits across (laughs) from me. Like, we're fired up. We're calm. We're angry. We're happy. We're passionate. We're subdued. We got all types of stuff going on.
1: Yeah, it's the Italian ebb and flow.
0: And... Your aunt is staying with us right now.
1: Yeah, aunt flows here.
0: Which is a whole other variable. Side note, (laughs) we're in rhythm as you listen to this. There's a piece and part that goes into that sort of journey that says you cannot be on your menstrual cycle. Yes. And so we've had to recalibrate when that would be by the use of birth control so those hormones are all over the place.
1: Oh, yeah. I could hug a baby and then punch one in the same hour.
0: Which makes it super fun and exciting <laughs> to try to navigate these waters from the chair that I sit in. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it also goes to show like we've we've harped on communication and relationships so much throughout our history together of this podcast that it truly is the backbone of relationships is open, honest, direct, but kind communication because we... A lot of couples, these kind of subjects would turn into major fights. Major.
0: Yeah, and when we, like, what I call, like, you're, you're mining for gold, right? We've got little sifters in our hand. I don't know what they're mm-hmm. called, and we've got some dirt in it. We're shaking it back and forth. All we care about is the stuff that's left at the end. The stuff that's left at the end of every conversation about this is I want both of us to be happy. I want both of us to be fulfilled. Yes. I want to produce at a level that gives us a life. That I want us to produce at a level that gives us a life that we both want. The life that we both want, do we agree on what that could look like? Yes or no. If we agree with it, if we both do X, Y, and Z, here's how quick we get there. If we don't both do X, Y, Z, and Z, here's how long it takes us to get there. Here's the facts. Right. What do you want to do? Right. Right. Like that's it. Like I said over and over again, you could have said yesterday, I want to be a stay at home mom. I would have been elated. (laughs)
1: that's not who i am i like i like to contribute and 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 work and do something even if that was hanging out at the barn and riding some horses and, and getting paid for each horse i ride i would have to work for something that's just how i am built like i said previously if we had babies i would not work
0: and it's really just that easy yep I shared the stuff about you being a stay-at-home mom because then I wouldn't have to get in trouble for not keeping the stuff clean because I would have just said that's. that's <laughs> he's me. like
1: he's like praying that one day I'm gonna say yeah you know I'm just not ever gonna work. I mean I'm I'm able-minded and able-bodied, but I just feel like I'm gonna stay home and and chill. He's he's hoping I will say that so that then he can say well you know I'm gonna produce all the money so that just means that I don't have to do any laundry or put away any dishes right. I don't have to sweep the floors or vacuum. Or do yard work, right? I'll just I'll just come home and it'll be done because you're not doing anything else.
0: That is one hundred percent (laughs) truth. With no question. (laughs) But it's also not gonna happen. So there's not who I am. I hope it is my sincerest hope that in the feistiness and spiciness of our conversation today, you have taken away a pearl of wisdom or two, whether it be about communication, whether it be about tough conversations. Whether being about finding what actually makes you happy and just doing that, or springing conversations on your partner that they have no idea where it's coming to the mm. point that they feel backed into a corner and then lash at you like a tiger and then laugh at the end because they're on their period. It doesn't <laughs> matter which way you take this conversation. Just take one of them and run with it. Because when you do that, you'll be able to
1: get shit done.